0: Right ladies and gents howdy how are you welcome to episode 41 and welcome to a whole new year yes that's right it is 2021 and so we're going to kick off the year as everybody does we're going to talk about dieting because a that's what this podcast is all about and b it's what everybody is doing right now everybody's focused on the new year new them and so it seems prudent to not skirt around the issue but to actually give you guys some tangible and useful advice to make sure that you guys don't also fall foul of the typical january dieting trap and hopefully give you some tidbits to set yourselves up for success in the process so i hope you had a great festive season i hope you had a great new year as best as you could if you were in the uk and to be fair in a lot of countries across the world because we're all facing the same situation and continue to face the same situation, will which will come up a little bit in this one, but not too much. So here we go then, off the back of the festive season. And the problem is in a normal year, we have this annoying, and most of the times of the year we hate it, or most of the time we hate it, this perennial shift. You go from the festive season into January, you go back to work, the kids go back to school and there's suddenly this wham, things are normal again. And like I said, usually we hate it. Usually it's not a part of the year that we enjoy, the Christmas decorations come down and it's the official, you know, with a, with a bang, the season has ended. But the problem is, or at least in the UK at the moment, we've gone directly from the festive season into a lockdown, which means that a lot of people either haven't gone back to work or a lot of people are now working from home. We have found obviously the the schools aren't open either, so the kids haven't gone back. So the problem is instead of getting this usual kind of culture shock that we get at the beginning of the year when we go out to work and the kids go back, we haven't had it. So we don't have this clear line, this clear end to the festive season. And so a lot of the reason that people struggle to get going or are struggling to get going at the moment is because there hasn't really been a line in the sand drawn. None of us have actually experienced that sudden wham, life is normal. At least the majority of people haven't. Uh, And if you're one of the people that has gone back to work, chances are you were still working over the festive period. So therefore, you didn't really have the usual kind of festive season, if you will. So that in itself is a massive obstacle to understand and to navigate before we even get into the the six bullet points I have written in front of me. So that's the primary focus or the primary kind of uh, touching on COVID that we're going to do in this particular episode. But to understand that the festive season has ended, but it's understandable if you're feeling like things are still kind of going ahead or things are still going on because there hasn't been this shift in mindset that usually happens. So going forwards, we don't know how long this particular lockdown is going to be. All estimated reports are that we are in it until the end of March, which obviously, quick maths, three months. And therefore, it's important that we understand that regardless of whether it's a month, whether it's three, whether it's more, time is going to pass anyway. Regardless of what we do, regardless of our adherence level, regardless of the approach we take, regardless of how enthused or not we are to achieve our goal, the time's gonna pass anyway. So it's important to make a decision of, am I actually up for this or am I following like a sheep? Am I doing the same as what everybody does? Am I doing the same as what I've done every year and making New Year's resolutions, doing things that are potentially unsustainable and trying to adhere to something that I actually don't care about? Because I suppose I haven't even got this as down as a point. So think of this as point zero You've got to give a shit about what you actually want to achieve. You've got to actually want to achieve something. Don't go forwards into the next month, the next two months, applying a process which you're not actually that enthused about, which you're not actually that up for. It doesn't matter what approach you take, whether you adopt what I'm about to tell you or my ethos or whether you actually go on a full-on diet. If you don't care about the outcome, if you don't care about what you're doing, you're not going to be successful. It doesn't matter how sustainable the approach is you've got to give a shit so moving into point number one if you do give a shit and you genuinely want to make a difference in your life to your health to your physique to your mental well-being to your confidence and you want to come out of lockdown and of course go forwards into 2021 in the best possible position both physically and mentally then the first thing you've got to do is decide what the april you looks like Again, I'm working with the assumption that we're in lockdown until the end of March. So you've got to decide what, how do you want that person to be? Not just how do you want them to look like, but how do you want them to act? What what do they act like? What do they look like? What is it you're looking to achieve? And obviously, you've, firstly, you've got to be realistic with this. You know, you can't say I'm going to drop five stone between now and, and April. Because whilst, yes, it's possible, it's potentially not realistic. And nobody's journey should be entirely dictated by the fact of this is how much weight I'm going to lose in this given time frame because fat loss doesn't work like that. And the human brain doesn't work like that because you're only going to set yourself up to fail. But that's a point that I could very easily go down the rabbit hole of, which I'm not going to at this moment in time. But you've got to decide what do you want that person to have achieved? You know, where do you want to be? Because to transform yourself, and I mean truly transform yourself, you've actually got to think like the person that you want to be. So first things first, decide what does the April you look like? Not just from a physical, visual perspective, but what are their habits? What are their routines? What kind of level of control have they got? What does their day look like? What does their routine look like? A few times I've mentioned this. If you want to create a better life for yourself, you first got to understand what a better life looks like. You've got to understand what, what does my day look like? What do I get out of bed for? What does my routine look like? So... That's point one. Moving down into point number two. Once you have decided what the goal is, once you've decided what the process to a certain degree is going to be, we'll touch more on that later, you've got to set your arenas. Now, I'm taking this from a position of someone that's working from home, but in all fairness, it applies to people that are still out working in the world. applies to people where things are normal. Uh, So everybody, essentially. So number two is set your arenas and that's your rest arena, your work arena and your exercise arena. Now this may seem slightly odd to mention something like your rest arena and what I mean by arenas is the places that you're going to be performing these tasks because for example if you are at work and you have a cluttered desk chances are you're not going to be particularly efficient but also alongside that you may find that your desk has snacks near it or on it. So you need to make sure that your arenas are ready for the specific task that they are there for. If you have a desk, the desk is there for a specific task of doing work. Therefore, you need to make sure that there's no distractions, that that desk is entirely set up for work. Same thing with the guards' exercise. You need to set the arena of, okay, what exercise am I doing? And where am I going to do it? you know, am I going to set up a home gym in the garden? Am I going to set up one in the dining room? Am I just going to have a mat that I roll out? You need to decide this ahead of time because you want the least amount of obstacles in your way between you and the thing that you've got to do. And finally, we've got to look at rest. Now your resting arena is obviously, as it mentions, the time that you spend in between both work and exercise. So When you're not at work, when you're not exercising, this is the arena of which you spend your time. Now, this could be your lounge, your kitchen, etc. But we need to understand that those arenas are going to heavily dictate what you achieve. Case in point, if you have a lounge which is full of the treats of Christmas because you haven't worked your way through them, then the best thing that you can do if you are particularly partial to a drive by snacking or you're particularly partial to some of the things that you have around, you need to decide what you're going to do with those things. Now, of course, I don't recommend demonizing. I don't recommend saying you're not allowed them, but that's not to say that they need to be in your vision all the time, reminding you that they are there. So put things away. Alternatively, if you find that there's things in the house which you genuinely don't have a huge amount of willpower with, then remove them from the house. Either donate them, Give them to a friend. Give them to a family member. Obviously, be careful in the process of doing that. Or alternatively, and as criminal as as this sounds, put them in the bin. Because if they're going to stand in in the way of you and your progress, if they're going to make you feel like shit by over-consuming them, for example, then they're not going to be adding to your life. They're going to be taking from it. You're going to get 10 seconds of enjoyment when you eat that piece of chocolate or whatever alongside the... 10 hours of self-loathing that comes with it so it's not worth it. So understand what's your weaknesses and making sure that your arenas of where you spend your time are set up for what you want to do. Same thing goes for your kitchen. I've never been an advocate for removing things that you enjoy from your diet and I've never been an advocate of just willy-nilly chucking food away or of course saying you can't have food as mentioned earlier. But If you have a kitchen full of a lot of food that you're either not going to eat uh, because you just simply don't enjoy it, or you've got a kitchen full of high calorie or calorie dense foods, then you potentially need to consider what you're up to there. Because every single time you're gonna be opening those cupboards to prepare potentially something which is more optimal for your approach. And that's not to say that you can't have calorie dense food, you just need to moderate it. Then it's probably a good idea for you to reorganize those cupboards or remove that food from the house it's just common sense don't put an obstacle in your way particularly in the early stages of the program as you're building your willpower and you're building your habits so your arenas are all set your work arena your exercise your rest everything is set for success you know where stuff is happening they are prepped to ensure that you aren't going to falter at the sight of a celebrations tin poking out from behind the sofa and so now we need to move on to some soft rules. Know your weaknesses, I'm gonna call number three. And what I mean by this is, I suppose touching a little bit on what I mentioned in number two, if you have a particular weakness for a particular food, it's a good idea to either place some rules on that food, some soft rules as I call them, or to remove it from harm's way. Now what I mean by soft rules in comparison to hard rules is a hard rule is you must not break if you do bad. But the problem is with nutrition, we never want to have hard rules because one hot day doesn't make a summer. If you have a day where you overconsume, you haven't fucked it, there's lessons to be learned there. But the problem is if you treat it as a hard rule, I must not do this, then you're only ever going to self-deprecate, which is then going to cause your self-esteem to drop. You're potentially at risk then of binging and just going AWOL. So the better option is to create soft rules, rules which need to be adhered to, but rules which we understand from time to time are flexible. Now, to give you some examples of my own soft rules, I have a weakness for sweet stuff. And so one of my soft rules, uh, Rach, she uh, runs a very successful cake making business called Tripping Mummy Cakes. And a lot of the time she has off cuts on the side and she'll put them in a bowl and she will say to me, those are yours if you want them, share them with the kids. Problem is, I got a real weakness for cake. So the problem is, if she leaves that out for me, I'm going to have it. So the first thing I need to do as a soft rule is to say to her, don't leave it out for me. Give it for the kids or give it to the kids. Other things I need to do, soft rules for myself, is I need to limit the amount of takeaways. So a simple soft rule is I'm allowed one takeaway per week, unless there is obviously a special occasion. Other simple stuff is removing some of the higher calorie or denser calorie foods from the house because... Things that I struggle to moderate, things like biscuits, etc. It's easy to have one, then another, and then another, and before you know it, you're dipping into my fitness bar every five seconds to add another one onto your entry for custard creams. So I need to make sure that I remove those straight away, just to not demonise them, not to say you, I can't have them, but just to, again not put them in the way where they're going to derail what I'm up to. Other soft rules I tend to use from a tracking perspective. So for example, I'll put in my evening snack, I'll put in my afternoon snack ahead of time. So instead of it being a case of it being eight, nine o'clock and going, I'm mm, a bit peckish and me trying to find something, I will pre-buy things. You know, I've got a, a drawer full of Snickers, Snickers crisps and Galaxy Ripples at the moment for, deliberately for my evening snack. So instead of it being a case of I'm peckish at nine o'clock, what's in the cupboards? And obviously, you never want to go looking through your cupboards not knowing what you're going to eat when you're hungry. Instead, I've pre planned it. Not only is it already in my fitness pal, so I essentially have my own meal plan to work to, but I, I'm taking the guesswork out of it. I'm pre planning that I'm going to be hungry. And so I'm giving myself a go to rather than allowing hunger to dictate what I have at the time. So there's a myriad of different things that I can add onto this point. I could go on forever about my own soft rules, but it's knowing your own weaknesses. And my weaknesses is overconsumption of sweet stuff, uh, moderation with certain things. So I suppose that's basically the same thing. I know I'm always hungry in the evening, so it's important for me to implement something there too. So it's just it's knowing what your weaknesses are and making sure that you plug those gaps. Some things which are quite common at the moment as well is staying in bed. You know, a lot of us don't have a huge amount to get up for in the morning. We haven't got a school run, so it's very easy to lay in bed a little bit longer. And I've been a victim of that myself, particularly over the past month or so. Christ, the times I've been getting up have been sometimes four four hours after I would normally have got up, I'm getting up, which is crazy. Now, I'm not holding myself accountable to know that While gyms are closed, I have to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning like I was when I was training, but there's got to be some balance there. You know, 5 o'clock in the morning can't turn to 9 a.m. because it's just massively derailing a habit. I'm losing four hours of my day every single day, which is quite incredible when you work out that that's 28 hours of my life over the course of the week. So that's over a day I'm losing simply because I'm staying in bed a bit longer. So it's different things to understand what your own weaknesses are. You'll know yours. You won't need me to sit here and tell you what they are. But be accountable and understand that you do have weaknesses. You always will. And instead of hiding from them or ignoring them, hoping they're going to go away, work with them. Put these soft rules in place to be able to control those weaknesses and channel them as opposed to them being something which is getting ready to derail you. Moving on to point number four, get your ducks in a row organization and planning make sure that you are organized with food and I'm not talking about doing the typical I'm going to go and buy everything healthy and not buy anything you know peckish because I've already said to you about my drawer of Snickers make sure that you've got a realistic amount of food in your house for the diet that you're going to have for example i know that i need to have a decent amount of protein so i'll always make sure i've got plenty of eggs in the house i'll always make sure i've got plenty of chicken in the house of course i'll change that i'll moderate it i'll fluctuate it but i have my staples because it makes things super super simple when you are consistent with what you consume and my chicken over lunchtime i really enjoy but i'll fluctuate it sometimes i'll have different seasonings etc and sometimes i'll switch it out altogether. i might even have eggs for lunch i might even switch it out for a different meat so i'm not locked in to chicken over lunchtime i'm not locked in for eggs at breakfast if I'm busy, I might have my eggs as my lunch, for example. Or I might just skip the eggs altogether and just have my chicken as my lunch. And again, like I said, I can switch stuff out. So it's not being regimented with what I'm up to, but I'm just organized. And that makes it so much easier on pal too. I could wake up in the morning and before I've even gotten out of bed, while my eyes are still heavy, I can open it up. I can log my breakfast, I can log my lunch, I can log my afternoon snack, and I can log my evening snack, which therefore means going into my day The only thing that isn't in my fitness pal is my dinner. But I know that there's about 800, 900 calories available for me for dinner, which is going to encompass most things and most portion sizes that I would want. So getting your ducks in a row is making sure that the food is available to you first and foremost. You don't want to find yourself with nothing in the cupboards because then you'll make very poor choices. Nine times out of 10, probably ordering a takeaway. Been there. And of course, make sure that you're doing all you can to be organized. I've never been a fan of set meal plans. I will never give any of my clients a meal plan and say, you must follow this. But I am a big fan of creating your own meal plan or your own meal structure, which you can deviate from. Now, obviously, this is with your consistent days. There may be days of the week which are inconsistent or random. But as I said, I will log my breakfast, lunch, and I will aim to have something similar of a similar caloric value to ensure that the day is just easier to manage. It's not boring, it's not setting myself up for failure by doing something which is unregimented, or sorry, by doing something which is so regimented, but it's just allowing me to have structure, but it's structure that I can deviate from. Hell, you could even call it one of my own soft rules. I have a soft rule of having a structure, but that structure is allowed to change. So, be organized, plan. And this isn't just when it comes to nutrition, this is when it comes to your activity and your exercise too. Now, activity, we tend to track it using steps. However, your activity isn't just about your steps. For example, I'm sat at my desk now, but I gesticulate as I talk. So my arms are moving around, but that's not to say that my eye watch is picking up on any of the activity that I'm doing, particularly as I move my right arm and it's on my left arm. So What we need to understand is that steps only tell us part of the story. They're a very, very handy tool to give us a rough idea of how much we're moving. And it's important to be aware of how much we are moving because it's a massively important fundamental part of your total daily energy expenditure, your NEET. However, steps aren't everything. So we do wanna encourage to be more active. We do wanna be as active as we're able to be in day-to-day life. But for some of us, particularly myself, with my job being quite sedentary, it's important for me to take a more realistic approach. Now, when we've got normal school runs, I'm walking the kids in and out of school twice a day. And then, of course, I've got walking to the classes. But I don't have either of those things at the moment, which means that my steps take a dramatic hit. So I have to do formal walks to make sure I get my steps done. And this is where your own organization comes in. Of course, in an ideal world, we hit our steps without even trying it. However, for most people, particularly those that are office workers like myself, you will find that you need to take more steps or additional steps to be able to hit your steps. So be organized with that too. When are you gonna get it done? Same thing goes through your exercise. When are you gonna get that done? This probably ties in quite neatly as well with point number two of setting your arenas that with exercise, be organized, get your stuff out ready to go. Your gym kit, get that ready to go, make sure you've got your work gear ready to go. Just remove any obstacles which are likely to make you go, oh man, I've got to do that before I can do this. Point number five, penultimate point, sustainable changes. Now it's very, very easy to follow the crowd in January. Very, very easy to go forth into the season to go forth into the beginning of the year with the same ethos that a lot of people around you are taking, which is the dieting mentality. I'm gonna drink these shakes for a bit. I'm gonna join this club for a bit. I'm gonna do this diet for a bit. And all of it is temporary, but temporary changes lead to temporary results. And so if we apply these things, they're not gonna stick because they're too far removed from the way that we like to live our lives. So what is the better system? The better system is to look at your life at the moment not so much the life that you lived over christmas because that's a little bit of a life in a bubble but the life in the run-up to christmas what did you do look at the routines that you had look at the relationship with food that you had look at the foods that you enjoyed and make small sustainable changes to your energy expenditure your activity your needs your steps your exercise and of course make sustainable changes to the food that you're consuming or the calories you're consuming you don't need to reinvent the wheel here by suddenly bringing in some alien product or you know alien shopping baskets etc by suddenly buying loads of low calorie expensive stuff or suddenly signing up to some shake diet you don't need to make these kind of dramatic shifts because they're not going to stick you need to use your default you need to use what life was like pre christmas as your baseline and make adjustments to that so that the changes that you make actually stick As opposed to you just overhauling things as i said temporary changes will lead to temporary results so don't be a dickhead with what you do with regards to the changes you make in your day-to-day life don't suddenly do a shitload of exercise that you weren't doing and don't enjoy don't suddenly consume a lot of foods that you don't enjoy don't suddenly remove all the foods that you do enjoy work with them there is no such thing as good and bad foods we just need to moderate those which are calorie dense and of course encourage us to have a good amount of variety and consume foods which are nutrient dense which are good for us a little bit of balance comes in so sustainable changes and finally and this arguably the most important point important point of them all there are literally only two things in life that you can control doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in, no matter how dramatic or catastrophic it may seem, whether that is dieting, whether that's relationships or everything in between, there are only two things that you actually have control of from the moment you are born to the moment you die. That is your thoughts and your actions. You only have control of those two things. You can't control what how, what or how someone treats you You can't control the circumstances that you'll come up against in life. You can't control government guidance. You can't control lockdowns. You can't control COVID-19 to a certain degree. All of these things aren't actually going to happen to us. And there isn't a damn thing that we can do about them. But we do have control of two things. One is our thoughts. We have control of what we think and how we process the world around us. We have control of whether we allow something to affect our mood, whether we allow something to have an an outcome or a negative outcome with our life or our actions. And thus leading us to our second thing. We have control of our actions. We have control of what circumstances cause us to do in day-to-day life. Now there's a lot of stuff, the majority of stuff we can't do anything about. We can't control this lockdown. We can't control what others around us are doing. We can't control the regulations and the rules that we must adhere to, but we have got a hell of a lot of control over the elements right in front of us, the things that we think, the things that we say and the things that we do. And so going forwards with all of the points that I've raised, going forwards into January, into February, into March, going forwards into this lockdown, going forwards into life in general in 2021, going forwards into your transformation program, You have complete control over everything that you think and everything that you do. So you need to be vigilant about the things that you allow yourself to consume, from news to social media. Be very, very careful about the people that you allow to infect your life. And I don't just mean infect from a COVID-19 perspective, because viruses are everywhere. Mind viruses from the people around you, from social media, from news, Be very, very careful about what you allow to influence the way that you think. Because if you allow it to influence the way that you think, it will influence the way that you act. And so the sustainability of what you do, the consistency, and so the results that you get from the program that you are doing all boil down to that regulation, all boil down to what you allow yourself to consume. Now, this isn't a magic wand. This isn't six points which are suddenly going to transform everything for you. For some of you, if this is one of the first podcasts of mine you're coming across, or if you're in dire need of just something like this to help you find a bit of guidance, then it may very well be. There's nothing more that's needed from the points above. Above. I'm looking at my fucking piece of paper, but you know what I mean. There's nothing more that's needed from these six points. But if you apply them, you'll be successful. Because... If you don't take changes that are sustainable and all of these things aren't just applied to a transformation, they aren't just applied to January lockdown, they're rules which will help you achieve at any time of year with anything that's going on. I've simply used January and lockdown as the medium of which to portray them. But it's important that more so than anything else that we get going. If there's something that we want to achieve, be it fat loss, muscle gain, doesn't even have to be from a physical perspective. If there's things that we want to learn, things that we wanna do, things that we wanna achieve in our life, none of it's gonna come unless we take these six points and implement them in some way. But again, focus on what you're able to control and that's only those two things, your thoughts and your actions. So that's it for me this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed our 41st episode of the Moyes podcast, if you did, let me know. Drop me a message on social media, uh, either at Chris Moyes Fitness on Facebook or, of course, at Chris Moyes on Instagram. find that, you can give us a review. I ain't going to press that point though. Would love it if you could. Uh, but the best thing that you can do if you're enjoying these podcasts is give them a share. So click the share button on social media, just or share them around your friends, colleagues. If you actually are able to come into contact with anybody, um, but it means a great deal because this might be the pointers that someone needs to hear to help them have a better January than they've had previously. And of course, it may very well be the focus that they need during all the shit that's going on right now to be able to focus on something positive like transformation, like the transformation of yourself. So thanks for listening, folks. Much appreciated. I'll see you on episode 42. Hopefully, like I said, you had an amazing festive season. A couple of weeks break from the podcast, just while obviously the craziness of Christmas. But we're back now. So I will see you guys next week. And of course, as always, if there's any specific topics that you want me to cover, then make sure you drop me a message on social media too. Always open to hear from you guys with what you want to hear and what areas I can help you in. So enjoy, and I will see you next week. Toodles.